Hi, this is Lady C at the Critical Thinker Studio, welcoming you to yet another episode of The Critical Thought. And before you start viewing the video, we're just giving you a reminder to make sure that you subscribe to our channel if you haven't already done so. And also be sure to hit that little bell so that you get notifications when we upload new content. Who's going to heaven and who ain't, JT? Yeah. A lot of witnesses have actually asked a lot of the questions about this. And one of the things that people run into is they run into the math mm. and they run into what the society actually has said. Well, you know, recently the Jehovah's Witnesses celebrated the Lord's evening meal. So in this presentation, we will critically examine their 144,000 teaching. Based on the facts presented in this video, you should be able to discover whether or not the 144,000 is a literal number or whether or not Charles Taz Russell was a fraud. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. JT, let's talk about who's right, going man. to heaven, That's who's right. not. That's right, that's right. Let's first of all start with the, the biblical teaching about the 144,000. Where in the Bible does that come from? And then let's talk about its application. Yes, it's very important. Well, Jehovah's Witnesses, they take the book of Revelation, and from the book of Revelation is where they pull this number. 144,000 as a literal number of how many people are going to heaven. Revelation 7, 4. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000, sealed out of every tribe of the sons of Israel. Got it. Now, the book of Revelation, as we know, is a symbolic book. Very much so. Can you talk to us about symbolism and then literalism? Yeah. Well, when you really have this conversation in depth, mm -hmm. with even, even among witnesses, uh, they will oftentimes acknowledge <laughs> it just kind of hardly grasps. And the reason why is because of what you have to do to get the teaching to work. You take, I mean, you can take any Jehovah's Witness. Take any Jehovah's you want to. Have them opening up the Bible. And I've done this many times. Have them open up the Bible. And after first they'll show you where the scripture is. They'll show you, they'll take, they'll take it right there, 144,000. And then you say, well, let's take a look for something. And you take them back to Revelation chapter 1. And you start, you ask them, so from Revelation chapter 1 all the way to this number 144,000, is it all this literal or is it symbolic? Symbolic. Then when you hit the number, literal. Literal. Now you pick up and it becomes what? Symbolic. Symbolic again. again. And, and so just coming out the gate, um, when you start thinking critically about this teaching, you see that there is a lot of holes. I mean, the wheels literally begin to fall through, off, off the wagon, um, especially when you look at how they set it up. The teaching of Jehovah's Witnesses is that the 144,000 starts in the first century. So from the time that Jesus was on the earth, he died, Pentecost, from there going forward, Every person, this is their teaching now, every person who was baptized got a seat. Got a seat, got a seat where? Got a seat in heaven. Got a seat in heaven. Okay, so we're going to go with the literal go 144,000. And then literally, this goes back to first century. It's back to the first We're talking 2,000 years. Okay, so JT, talk mm -hmm. to me about the literal 144,000 and the math. It just doesn't seem to add up. 
Yeah, you run into a problem when you start doing the math and what the society has actually said in many cases. As a result, many times they have to back up because they realize that they made a wrong statement. Mm -hmm. they have to, they, 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 we, we make the same mistake. We can't do this. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, the society teaches that from the first century all the way to the 20th century, only 144,000 people are going to be selected in this window. So here we are today, you know, 20, the 21st century, and this is with the number we're working with. We start back at the very beginning. And if you sit down and you start doing the math, you're like, this don't make any sense. And that's the reason why. We take, for example, the first people who got their seats. That was, <laughs> seats in heaven. They got their first people. Got, got their, their reservation. They got their reservation. They got a seat in heaven. So let's do the math then. We start with 144,000. That's how many seats there are in heaven for people, according to the Watchtower Society. The first people to get their seats were those at Pentecost, 120. So we subtract 120 from 144,000. That now leaves us with 143,880 seats that's available for those who will be going to heaven. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that 3,000 more souls were added. So we now subtract 3,000 more seats. That leaves us with 140,880 seats that are available for people to be called to heaven according to the Watchtower Society. The Bible then tells us that 5,000 men were added in Acts chapter 4 verse 4. Now, is that just men only or they're also women? Well, it's often debated among Bible scholars. But we'll give the society the lower number. Just 5,000 seats were taken away. That now leaves us with 135,880 seats. Yes, that's all the slots that are available in heaven. Now, according to the Watchtower, in the year 1935, there were 52,000. 465 people who said they were going to heaven. The Watchtower says, well, that's not true. That number is not accurate. It wasn't that many people going to heaven, not 52,465. So we'll give the society a 25% margin of error. That means then that 13,116 people were basically bogus anointed people. That means you're looking at about 39,349 individuals who were going to get a seat in heaven. Now, this is in 1935. Now, we look back at where we started. How many seats did we have that were available? We had 135,880 seats available for those going to heaven. And in 1935, we're looking at about 39,349 seats that would be taken up. That leaves us with a total of how many seats left for 19 centuries that are going to be taken up by this group from 1935. That now leaves us how many seats available. Well, we go back to our number of 135,880 based on the book of Acts. And now we're going to take away 39,349. We're looking at about 96,531 seats that are now available. Now, this is the question, the critical thinking question, that a Bible study should pose to Jehovah's Witnesses. Are you saying that for 
15 centuries, almost 2,000 years, that Jesus Christ only had just over 90,000 people who became his servants. That would average out to roughly about 50 people a year. Each year, only 50 people throughout the entire earth decided, I want to be a Christian. This is what the Watchtower Society is trying to tell you. This is why we say when you start running the numbers, the numbers make no sense whatsoever. And this was the reason the society realized they had to come up with a secondary group in the early 30s. Any first-year statistics student could look at the number of people who were partaking. And why was that so important? Well, the Watchtower taught that every person who got baptized, they had them a seat guaranteed in heaven, and the seats were running out. Now, think about this, that the vast majority of the anointed in our modern day, they come from Western countries. In fact, good old USA leads the number of people who are slated to go to heaven. Unfortunately, if you're from Africa, Latin America, or the Asian Pacific, there are not too many seats for you. So from the first century all the way up to now when we're living. Now, we know that in 1935, the Watchtower made a decision. We've got to do something because we're running out of seats. And as a result, the Watchtower came out with a teaching that is known as the teaching of the great crowd. It's real simple. They ran out of, they ran out of seats. Hmm. You can cook it any way you want to. That's the bottom line. And so they basically realized we got to get a secondary group of Christians. In fact, after this time, they actually referred to people as these are secondary Christians. Bible was never talking about no secondary Christians. And it's because they set this, they, 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 lock, they always lock themselves into a situation they can't get out. And in order to get out, they come up with new light. So if you look back at the records that the society was keeping back in the 20s, you look at how many people were partaking who were, quote unquote, got a seat in heaven. And it was in excess of 50,000 people. So if you take a look back at the yearbook, the society reports how many people are partaking, how many people are going to heaven, all this good stuff. Heavenly calling. Remember, their teaching is every person getting baptized, boom, you got a seat in heaven. By default, you go into heaven. So in the, in the 20s and the 30s, we're moving into this 1935 time. They're, they're pushing like 50,000 people are partaking. So if you look at the 50,000 in the 20th century, and you got 8,000 in the first century, that means between these two periods of time, how many people are we talking about are now available for seats? Mm -hmm. The numbers speak for themselves. And so what that basically means is that these are all the numbers of people who became Christians. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the mistake that the society made. It's very interesting. And we're going to give you the reference material. You can see it, how they made the mistake, they caught it, they tried to back it up. The society wanted to do some articles on persecution. Mm -hmm. In fact, these are probably some of the best written articles you can read on first century Christians being persecuted. I mean, great articles. So you go and you read these three or four different articles in great detail, and they, and they make the point. Now, this is what secular history has proven, okay? Well, they are talking about the first century Christians being persecuted. 
And then they make that transitional phrase they always love to make, likewise today. So we are like the first century Christian. And if you read the articles, and this is what we want you to do, read the articles, you will see very clearly the society is talking about this is what followers of Christ went through for him. In fact, one article was, was talking about how they suffered for his name. Okay. Now, what the historians did, they also included how many people were persecuted and put to death. The numbers were by the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And so a critical thinker realized, hold up, whoa, 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 wait a minute. If three and four hundred thousand people are being put to death and they're all Christian because everybody gets a seat in heaven who's baptized, you run into a serious problem with your teaching of 144,000 people. Now this time, we're going to use the math calculations of secular history of historical record that the Watchtower used. And notice what happens to the number of seats. We start with 144,000. That's how many seats there are in heaven for people, according to the Watchtower Society. The first people to get their seats were those at Pentecost, 120. So we subtract 120 from 144,000. That now leaves us with 143,880 seats. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that 3,000 more souls were added. So we now subtract 3,000 more seats. That leaves us with 140,880 seats. The Bible then tells us that 5,000 men were added in Acts chapter 4, verse 4. That now leaves us with 135,880 seats. Now, this is where it gets good, because now we're going to use the historical records of how many Christians were put to death. Yes, the same historical records that the Watchtower Society used in these articles prior to Charles Taz Russell coming on the scene. The historical record that the Watchtower referenced in their article mentioned four separate accounts of individuals who had been put to death for being a Christian. Keep in mind the society said that for 19 centuries there was only one calling. In the articles that the society referenced, there are four specific examples of how many Christians were put to death. This number does not represent how many Christians there were because some escaped. But notice what happens when you take just those four examples of how many Christians were put to death. 17,000, 40,000, 144,000, and 700,000. So that leaves us with a negative, yes, a negative, 765,120. All the seats are gone. According to secular history and the Watchtower teachings, by the time Charles Taz Russell came on the scene, there would have been no available seats for him or Judge Rutherford. Now, I want you to think about this. With these type of numbers, the society absolutely had no option, no choice, but to write the question from readers. The question from readers literally dismissed all of these people as being true Christians. The society wants to refer to them merely as 
professed Christians. Now, here's the problem. History teaches us there were 10 waves of persecution that affected the first century and early Christians. Every person who became a Christian clearly understood that the moment that he became a Christian, a follower of Christ, it was an automatic death sentence. To refer to someone as merely a professed Christian is a joke. But it goes even further because the society, they're the ones who's using the professed Christians as examples. So we see how that when you start looking at the numbers, looking at the logic, you see how the wheels fall off the 144,000 teaching. It left the society with no choice but to come up with a second group. Back off camera, you told me a story about someone that wrote in, complimented some of that homework. Can you tell the yeah, audience? Yeah. The Watchtower has what's called question from readers. Mm-hmm. Question from readers are put together one of two ways. It's either an actual question from somebody outside who read the magazines and wrote a question into the society. It's also one of the techniques that the writing department will use when they want to change or modify our teaching. They will say, we're going to put this in a question from readers format. Nobody really asked the question, but they're going to put it because they want to change something. And that's what they did. The question from readers basically asked, uh, you wrote an article and you quoted an article that showed that more than 144,000 Christians were put to death. How does that square with your 144,000 teaching? Mm -hmm. And it's very, very interesting how the society answered it. I mean, these guys are good. They're, they're, They're good. They went back and they said, well, these were just merely professed Christians. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, this is where the critical thing comes in. Now, the Watchtower calls all of Christendom, what? Professed Christians. The Watchtower does not acknowledge anybody if Christendom is being a real Christian. So they're just professed Christians. So the question you have to ask is, why is the society referencing people who are not real Christians, as a teaching point in three or four of his main articles in the Watchtower. And you can now clearly see as a critical thinker the bad math and the bad conclusions. What, what was it that didn't allow you to see it when you were in for the viewers that are watching now? Yeah, pretty much the same thing as everybody who's watching this. Mm. Uh, we believed it. Um, when you believe something, as they often say, facts don't mean anything. And it's interesting that the, probably the biggest thing that keeps witnesses believing things is that they can't discuss it. Because if you were to have people sitting around a table at dinner, like having this, discussion. this is exactly right. And someone brings up, you know, that, that, that 144,000, I was doing some reading in society's publication, and they're quoting that 200,000 people died as Christians. And so no one's allowed to discuss this. So the critical thinking aspect of a Jehovah's Witness is constantly being shut down. And so when you look at how the society's numbers, the numbers simply don't add up. To say that Jesus Christ only had just a handful of people. through In 2,000 years, these are the only people who decided to follow Christ. That's what they're teaching. And yet they will quote history. Now it's interesting that in the article that they quoted, They mentioned that there were two reasons, two reasons that these Christians were persecuted. 
Two important reasons. Okay. The society says the two reasons that they were persecuted is because the Christians during the time of the first century under Nero and Rome and during that period of time, they were growing so rapidly. And the second thing, which is very interesting, is that they were persecuted because they were uncompromising. They would die for their new beliefs. Mm. So for the society to come out and say, oh, these guys were just professed Christians and these people were dying like this, it's a slap in the face. Mm. When you go back and you actually read these articles and then you jump over to do a little research on the internet with what these people suffered because they were trying to follow Christianity, it's amazing. One of the most interesting things I was reading, and we invite you to do your own research as well, is that in certain cities, people, they, they worship idols and so forth. There were so many people who were becoming Christians that they were literally impacting the economics of these industries. So people who built little idols and sold them to the people, the Christians like, well, I, don't, I don't use that no more. And it was becoming such an issue that this stuff was catching the attention of the government. You can't have 35 people living in Rome and all of a sudden the Romans now, this is a major problem in the city. But it's because so many people were becoming Christians. And so when a society tries to say it was just a handful of people, that's insulting to those people. So it goes back to what we always say. You start asking questions, you start digging, and you realize that a lot of the things that we were told, it simply doesn't hold up under scrutiny. You know, we've said in other videos, when, when, when emotion is up, yeah. logic is down. And what I hear you saying is you believed your emotion was oh, yeah, up we back in the day. Oh, yeah, we, we, we believed it. So critical thinking was down. Critical thinking was real low. <laughs> <laughs> so, JT, let me ask, what's happening now with the 144,000? Oh, man, that's, that's a good question. The, the society's run into a lot of problems. When the society taught that the final call for people to come to heaven ended in 1935, what basically started happening was the numbers of the anointed started going down. Mm -hmm. And as Jehovah's Witnesses, we actually used to teach that the count or the number of anointed was going down was one of the signs. In fact, the Watchtower had an article, and the article was entitled about how to identify the last days. It dealt with that subject matter. And inside the article, it showed six things that you could point your neighbors to, you could point your coworkers to. And among Jehovah's Witnesses, you could discuss among yourselves to reassure you that this end is very, very close. And one of them was the count of how many were partaking. Got it. Every Jehovah's Witness, there were, when the yearbook would come out, every Jehovah's Witness did this. This was just something you did. I remember that myself. First thing you did, you get the yearbook, you open it up, and you want to see how many people partook. Why? Because you were being told that this number dropping was a leading indicator. Was a leading indicator. Mm -hmm. When we left the organization, the count was about 7,000 people. Today is pushing almost 20-some plus thousand people. Going in the opposite direction. Going in the opposite direction. Once again, the teaching of the society wheels fell off again. When I was a kid, when I was growing up as a witness, and this is the experience of many of you who are watching this, you had deep reverence and respect for a person who was of the anointed. We had one anointed sister in our circuit and people used to literally come to her kingdom hall to observe her drinking the wine and eating the bread. Cause you didn't, you, there just were no one who was doing it. And she was, she was, she was, she was well respected. She was a pioneer. She came to North Carolina from New York city to serve where the need was great. Her and her husband alone established most of the congregations in the area I grew up in. 
she was a partaker. So, you know, after seeing how they had great reverence for the, for the anointed, those who were going to be at the 144,000, as the number kept growing, the societies had to, get, had, had to make some changes. So they, they basically now, the Watchtower basically now says, you know, these people, they have emotional issues. Mm. They're unstable. So that's now the type of respect they give to the anointed. So just like they attacked the professed Christians in the first century that were literally losing their lives, they're doing the same thing and trying to essentially discredit those that say that they're of the anointed now. Excellent point. No respect for these people. That little title they had given them for a decade, they called them members of the faithful and discreet slave. October 2012, they snatched that little title away. You're not the faithful and discreet slave. It's just the eight of us here in New York, me, Tony, and the boys. That's it. I, I think when I look back now, it's like I said, it's only when you step back do you really think about it. I think what happens is, as a witness, you're given so many wonderful other things. You're going to be in the new system. You're going to play with Tony the Tiger and all that kind of stuff. You know, And so you just accept those nice things, things that you can get, and the things that you can't understand, you just let it roll. And that's where they get us. The things we cannot understand are the things that get us every time in this organization. When emotion is up, logic is down. Uh, culture is such that you can't ask certain questions. You don't vet and discuss at the yeah. dinner table or at the Kingdom Hall. Yeah. And uh, you put those things together, uh, you got a mess on your hand. You have a mess on your hand. Once again, we're going to put the links at the bottom so you can read these articles. Take a look at them and see how the society uses them. And when you read them, you will see they're not referring to these people as professed Christians. They are real first century Christians who loved Christ, loved God, was trying to do what was right. But when they got called in the carpet that the numbers don't add up, all of a sudden they went back. And just like today, they try to dismiss, discount those who call themselves anointed. They was doing the same thing back with the first century Christians as well, just to keep their number 144,000 playing. What's better than the truth? The whole truth. truth. We hope that you've enjoyed this video presentation. And by now, you should have come to your conclusion whether or not the 144,000 teaching is a literal number or whether Charles Taz Russell was a fraud. We invite you to leave your comments below. This is Daniel. This is JT. This has been Lady C. Thank you for being in our audience. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.